Recorded live at the 2023 Destinations International Convention in Dallas, Texas, this is Brand USA Talks Travel. This sold-out convention presents an integrated approach to learning and networking. On this podcast, we're proud to bring you innovators in travel and tourism who offer local insights and global expertise. Now, here's your host, Mark Lapidus. As a kid, what was the first job that you had that you really enjoyed? Probably say cutting grass. I mean, from our house and the neighbors, I, I always liked cutting grass and shoveling snow and stuff like that. So I give it that. You know what's funny about that is that I still cut the grass. My wife keeps saying, why don't you hire someone? I always say, I like cutting the grass. Immediate gratification. You know, you can see the results. You get to go outside. You get closure. No one's like coming up and talking to you. You know, it's great. Sometimes I put my headphones on, listen to podcasts. Jack Johnson is Chief Advocacy Officer at Destinations International. Jack manages public policy, including member advocacy education, development of destination tools, coalition work with peer organizations and research. That's quite a bit, Jack. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it. Plus, you run DI's foundation, I understand, which I'd like to talk about. Prior to DI, Jack held executive positions at Chew Chicago for seven years. His resume goes on for two more pages, so I don't think I'm going to read all of it. <laughs> Jack, I want to talk today about your work with the U.S. Conference of Mayors, but first, Tell me why you enjoy working at DI. A couple of reasons, I guess. I love working with Don, Don Welsh. Uh, we worked together in Chicago. He's the one who actually brought me out here. Uh, we were sort of a package deal, I guess. I love this industry. Fell in love with this industry when I uh, went to work from uh, the McCormick Place Convention Center in Chicago. And just this like this. After, this is after mowing lawns, right? Yes, yes. Much later. And, you know, expected to do the political type of stuff because that's my background. But it was just fascinating industry. Just fell in love with it. So the ability to kind of take what I've learned from working at convention centers and working for tourist attractions and working at a destination organization like True Chicago, and then to take that and uh, apply it to all the political stuff I know and then be able to kind of shape the future of the industry is just, it's a cool job. It's nice having a job that has a lot of variety to it. But it definitely has a lot of variety in it. Yeah, and it's one of those things, you know, I always say, find something you like and then you'll never work a day in your life. It's kind of that type of thing. A few years ago, you were named one of the 25 most influential people in the meetings industry. Did you have a mentor or somebody else special that got you into that segment? What's your advice to anyone who wants to specialize at working in mice or meetings in general? I actually got that award for my work against travel boycotts and bans. Things like the California travel ban, that's currently up against like 23 states and the actions that reoccur and try to get meetings and events and sporting events and other aspects of our industry to not go places because of policies they're adopting or have adopted or bills that they've turned into law. I am adamantly against that approach. I think it's absolutely worthless. If you're not there, you can't affect change. And so at Destinations International, we're pushing this concept that instead of boycotting a destination, you should absolutely do the opposite, which is show up and make a difference. And then we're putting together a toolkit of all the things that you could do at a destination to make that change or to help that change. Kind of speaks to democracy at large, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. And the key with democracy is that, you know, you've got to listen to other people's point of view. You got to meet them and you got to understand it. And then maybe you can argue or try to persuade each other or find some middle ground, but you can't do any of that if you're not meeting someone. Are you an attorney also? No, I'm not, but I have written laws. Because <laughs> I started wanting to be a politician, elected official, got into politics when I was 12. How's that? Running for office in middle school? No, I was actually standing outside a grocery store handing out leaflets for a candidate. 
and figured I would go to law school because most politicians at that time were lawyers. Um, and I just kind of realized I could be as influential, if not more influential, if I knew the system and understood the system and I could write well. I didn't need to spend all that money in a law degree. And I didn't really want to practice law. So. And six years of school is a long time when yeah. you're young, right? Jack, you were in a panel here at the convention that's called Community Shared Values Through a Global Lens. What was that about? In 2019, at our annual convention in St. Louis, I had the pleasure of being on stage and introducing the concept of being a community shared value. Uh, And the argument was basically that destination organizations had kind of lost their way and were now basically being known for putting heads in beds, which is basically being an agent for the hotels. What they needed to do is get back to their original mission, which is building community itself. I think one of the first destination organizations was called the Association for the Advancement of Milwaukee. They didn't even mention the tourism industry, which is great. So this particular one was taking this philosophy of being a community shared value, which is where you're a community facing organization. You may have visitors as your customers, but your actual stockholders, your shareholders, your the people you are responsible to most are the residents. Everything we do is for the residents. It's creating jobs, it's creating economic activity, it's raising taxes that locals won't have to pay, but it's also about building a brand of the city that then helps attract investment and business and helps places like colleges attract teachers and students and any major employer is going to want that and any community that really wants to continue to grow or at least prosper it doesn't have to grow in size and just prosper to be able to have a diversified economy that allows people to want to stay stay there and work they don't have to move away that's what a destination organization is about uh, heads and beds is merely a means to an end and the end is using tourism to achieve the goals of the community and to empower the community but it also means involving the community so i got a lot of credit for raising this concept it's one of the cornerstones of destinations international but i'd like to point out that i'm not the only one out there that has been thinking about this approach and there are examples all over the world so the purpose of that session was to bring in three destination organizations from three different continents. We had Panama, we had Ireland, and then we had New Zealand, each speaking to how they have refocused their organizations or in the process of it, engaging the community in the process of developing their strategies and their plans, turning the community into advocates for the tourism industry, the travel industry. And frankly, one of the best panels I ever worked on, there were a lot of really good examples that are applicable really across the globe. There may be a lot of differences in structure, and there are certainly differences maybe in priorities or whatever, but there is actually more commonality between destination organizations and there are differences. And I think anytime we can break out and bring some people from the outside that we don't normally hear from, it's a pretty good thing. So the first podcast that we did here from Destinations International was with Marsha Walden from Destination Canada, and she spoke to me about regenerative tourism, and it sounds related to this. It is. We've spent years talking about sustainability as trying to meet net zero and stop climate change, and really the solution to the the changes that are happening is uh, regenerative activities, particularly in the tourism field. And it just simply means that you want to use the resources you have wisely, and you want to leave them or replace them for the next generation that's there. So that means... Regenerating. Yeah, regenerating, yeah. This is part of being a community shared value. You are a steward of the community. I mean, you have a fiduciary responsibility almost because you actually are working for the community. So yeah, you have a responsibility to make sure that why tourism can help, got to manage it a bit and you want to be able to preserve all those things that makes your destination such a great place to visit. So I'd like to talk about your work with the U.S. Conference of Mayors, but before we do that, you probably 
should explain what the U.S. Conference of Mayors is. It's basically the trade association, I guess, for the leadership association for mayors of cities in the United States. There's a population, it's like 30,000 or more, I think. 30,000 mayors? 30,000 people or more. <laughs> you have to represent a city of 30,000 or more. I was thinking 30,000 is a lot of mayors. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of them out there, God. So how does that connect with the community shared value messaging? Well, part of the problem has been that a lot of people, including a lot of elected officials, do not understand fully what a destination organization is, what it does, how it does it, and really how to measure its success. So on the one hand, we're basically just introducing this concept that these destination organizations exist out there. They're not the party planning department or fun thing. They are actually critical elements. I would argue that they are an essential service to the community. And they have to be given a leadership role. They should be the ones who are out there protecting the brand, articulating the brand, storytelling from the brand. Because it's the brand that brings everyone in. And almost everything kind of starts with a visit, as we always say. Because if you find that place you want to visit, then you want to live, you want to invest there. And that message, trying to get that to the U.S. Conference of Mayors. And also some of the work we're doing here. What's the role that a destination organization plays in helping a community deal with crime and safety or homelessness? or All those issues which are high priority items for mayors, but they never turn and look at their destination organization as an asset in dealing with those problems. So we're trying to change that image also. What we do, what we're trying to do when we're advocating on behalf of destination organizations is give them the tools they need to day in, day out, advocate on their behalf, but then to double up that message, we go not only to, say, mainstream press or industry press, but we go to these organizations like the U.S. Conference of Mayors. We'd like to get into the National Conference of State Legislators, the county executives. Every level of government has an association. It's kind of like our business. Every aspect of tourism has a convention. And we're trying to duplicate this effort in Canada as well. How well has the message been received so far? We just started. This is kind of a long-term game plan here. So we made a little bit of a splash last year. We were a session on stage with the mayor of Houston and the head of the destination organization in Houston. And we chose them because they have a very unified brand across all the aspects of the city. So economic development's using it, major employers are using it, government is using it, schools are using it, and obviously the tourism effort is using it. That's a really good coordinated approach. And it's one of the reasons that Houston has been so successful in not only building their economy and building the population base, but diversifying it. They're taking a leadership role globally in healthcare and certainly in energy. And they've gone beyond just oil and gas and they really are the chief folks out there in all sources of energy production. So they were the example. We put them out there. We also shared with them the workbook we put together on the idea of the community shared value with the hope that they would take that home and pick up the phone and talk to their destination organization, which is what we wanted to get them to do. This year, we were a little more low-key as we tried to work stuff out, but we've got four or five things in the works, which we're going to release to them directly. And at the same time, we'll give it to our members to release individually themselves. So, yeah. Is that booklet publicly available? It is available to members of Destinations International. Okay. That's cool. It's on the website? Yeah. There's a lot of free stuff on the website. There's a whole section of the website on the community shared value, just like there's a whole section there on travel bans and boycotts. And we put a lot of free stuff out there in front of the paywall because we want those concepts out there and being discussed and used. But special stuff, big stuff like that. I mean, there is a benefit of membership and that's one of the benefits of membership. Speaking of membership, one of the things that I mentioned at the top of the podcast when I was reciting your two-page resume is that you run the Foundation for Destinations International. Tell me about that foundation. Uh, 
that's actually kind of a joint effort among a lot of staff. If someone has to like sign the checks or something, I don't know. The Destinations International Foundation is kind of like the research and development arm. It's the uh, incubator for new ideas. It's uh, new products. It innovates. It's very future looking. So if Destinations International is kind of focused on today and what a destination organization needs today to succeed, it's the foundation that's looking into the future. So this week we actually released the signature report from the foundation under the association's name, but it's called the Destination Next Future Study, which really takes a really in-depth look. It's one of our signature reports. We do it every two years. It kind of looks in the industry into the future to help destination organizations and the like basically plan for the future, see the future, develop strategies for the future. And we do all of that. A lot of the, the products we offer usually get tested and created over on the foundation side. And if they work, send them over, stuff like that. Well, before we go, tell me what you think worked at this annual convention this year and what you'd like to improve on. Always stuff to approve. I'm going to try for a, a lower temperature, hopefully, maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, 107. I don't know. I saw 108 on Monday, so that was pretty good. I think we hit our stride here. Uh, I just finished another session with CEOs about what topics they would like to see us work on in the future, what topics they might want to see at future meetings, and kind of pleased that the list is actually relatively small. They all seem to care that we kind of hit the target on content. For me, content is the most important element of this. So you put good content on the stage, people are gonna enjoy the learning experience, uh, and then you combine it with the networking experience. I'm really proud of this particular edition of our annual convention. Everybody seems so pleased, and I know so many more people wanted to come, so are you going to be able to do anything about that next go-around? This is the first year we ever sold out. It's about 1,600 people. Congratulations. I mean, it's good news and bad news, right? It's both. Our next annual convention will be in uh, Tampa Bay, Florida next year. I have a cap there of about 1,800, so I wouldn't be surprised if we sell out again. It's going to be like tickets going on sale for Taylor Swift. Yeah. In the meantime, let's put a plug in for the Advocacy Summit, the EDI Summit, and the BizOps Summits, where tickets are available now for our meeting in uh, October this year. And where is it? Little Rock, Arkansas. Well, thank you so much for taking time. We really appreciate it, Jack. It was a pleasure to get to know you, and I hope we do more of these. Ah, you're welcome. I'm happy to come back anytime. Thank you so much. And that wraps up our series of podcast episodes live from the Destinations International Convention in Dallas, Texas. Our next live event will be at Asto in Savannah, Georgia. I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope if you're going, you'll drop by the podcast area and say hello. I'm Mark Lapidus. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode from the Destinations International Convention in Dallas, Texas, please share it with your friends in the travel industry. Safe travels.